listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast has been leading podcast publications as the insider voice of the pharmacy industry. Explore the profession and business of pharmacy through audio. Join us at PharmacyPodcast.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any of your favorite podcast directories. You know, whether somebody is using drugs or not, their life is still valuable. Naloxone is a lifesaver. Remember that we're not our disease. I am not a bag of heroin. I'm Stacy. I'm just as normal as the next person. My outlook has always been to educate because I think when you're talking about stigma here as as an overall goal of yours, I think the only way to really gnaw away at that is to educate people. Unfortunately, I have not had many positive experiences with the medical community, with anybody I know or anybody in my family. I hope that changed. Opioid use disorder is a chronic condition. It's it's not something that you know goes away forever. It's not like you you go through a treatment program and then suddenly it's not a problem anymore. You know, we don't always get it the first time, and you know, sometimes it takes us a couple times before we finally get it. Don't give up on us so easily. Hi, my name is Logan Kissel, and let's talk stigma. Let's Talk Stigma is an educational podcast mini-series designed to highlight the stigma associated with opioid use disorder and the ongoing opioid epidemic. Each of these episodes will feature a number of different voices from individuals who have in some way experienced the effects of the opioid epidemic, whether in their social life, family life, or professional career. We hope listeners of this podcast will listen with an open mind, reflect on the stories they hear, and be able to recognize and combat stigma associated with opioid use disorder. In today's episode of Let's Talk Stigma, we'll hear from the voices of four different individuals who will talk about how we should recognize opioid use disorder and other substance use disorders as chronic health conditions or diseases rather than moral failings. It's a disease, plain and simple. It is a chemical imbalance of the brain. We talked with Micah Sabota, who treats patients with opioid use disorders each and every day. I'm Micah Sabota, a pharmacist with Coleman Professional Services, a community mental health agency throughout the counties of Ohio, specifically uh, Allen, Allglaze, and Hardin County. Currently, I am the director of the Crisis Stabilization Unit, which is a 15-bed residential unit for those battling mental health and addiction issues. We have the stigma of mental, both mental health and addiction. The stigma is there. And our education, we know that it is no different than any other disease state. Uh, Diabetes, we have an imbalance of insulin or imbalance of sugars in the body. Uh, Likewise, with mental, mental health and addiction issues, specifically addiction, we're battling an imbalance of dopamine. That addiction can be so severe, it's changing the person that they are. So we are there to help educate the public that it is a disease state. It's by no means a choice. No one wakes up in the morning and, sa- and chooses to be battling addiction. That's not a choice. On a personal level, I have had family members, cousins that I've got a call and I've seen that they've lost their lives due to addiction. So it doesn't matter where you're at. Like I I see cousins that I once grew up with gone way too damn early and it it hurts. So knowing that piece that it can happen to anyone, 
I want students that come through my experiential rotation to understand that addiction and mental health is no different than any other disease state that they've learned throughout their, their pharmacy career. That they can see clients one-on-one, -on -one, talk to them, and just understand it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, addiction can affect anyone and everyone. My approach is to always revert back to a disease state model and discussion. I always have a two-pronged approach. One, the, the addiction disease model and the physiological issues of drugs. And two, our psychosocial society we live in that kind of promotes drug use and then blames the patient instead of the system. My name is Mike Palladini, a registered pharmacist, uh, graduated from the Medical College of Virginia School of Pharmacy in 1989, uh, MBA from Robert Morris University in 2007. I had worked hospital, retail, long-term care pharmacy for probably a total combined 15 years. Uh, began working in business development uh, with a passion for assisting those in the recovery, treatment, substance use disorder world, and currently with Alosa Health as an educator for healthcare professionals in the area of understanding better pain management for all providers, practitioners, as well as an understanding of opiate use disorder and the treatment that's available for that. The opiate use disorder, regardless of how it emerges or, or how things initiated for a particular patient is just the fact that by having opioid in the system, the central nervous system has been affected and an individual is now leaning towards the behaviors that we would classify as addictive behaviors that we now call substance use disorders that really embody what the opioids do to our central nervous system. Because I think the more someone understands the physiological impact then they can go on to make better recommendations and have better discussions about prescribing practices that will then reduce an ignorant understanding that leads to stigma. This is a healthcare issue as well as a societal issue, and it's a mental health issue, and it's a spiritual issue. You know, the multifaceted aspects of substance use disorder need to be understood so that when people are sizing up what someone may need as a patient, they have to recognize that, boy, me as a physician can do so much in conjunction with the pharmacist's understanding of what this person needs or doesn't need. And they've got a social, you know, social worker helping them get this job or some food stamps and they have a mental health therapist that's helping them get through a PTSD diagnosis, and they've got peers in their support group, the acknowledgement that all these people are, it's a, it's a patient-centered approach. I think that's the key, is that these are multifaceted problems that we need to work together to ensure that we're doing the best job for someone. The better informed professionals in their schooling will then 
will be less risky and vulnerable to falling victim to stigmatizing behaviors and people. And they'll see them more in a medical light as opposed to some of the legal and social implications that tend to overshadow our thoughts when we talk about substance use and addiction. I'm constantly catching myself, you know, where, you know, even after two decades of working with this population, it's still tempting to blame behavior on drug use. I mean, it's still tempting to do that, especially if someone is in the throes of their addiction and it's so easy to just discount them and fall into that mindset continues to fuel that stigma thinking. So you, you have to, you have to be professional about it and, and understand the, the bedrock of, of what is going on. If someone finds some recovery and they never have a relapse, I mean, that's rare. I mean, I've known personal people who have their every eight to 10 year relapse. Something happens and the risk is always there that you know, this could be a bad experience for you. This could do you in. But they come around and like, okay, I understand what I did. I'm going back. I didn't go to my meetings. And then there's reasons to help them understand and, and perhaps prevent another relapse. So relapses can be learning tools. And that's what you have to make of them. You heard from Joellen Marsh at the end of episode one. Here, she shares her views on opioid use disorder as a disease state and the difference between problematic and non-problematic drug use. I think of opioid use disorder through the biopsychosocial model. So I really think of it as something that is related to not just to our biology, but also to our psychology and, and the social and cultural aspects that we face as well. So I typically think of this as something that that people go through when they are suffering in other parts of their life. So people often talk about um, suffering from opioid use disorder. And really, I think of they have opioid use disorder because they are suffering. And that is the best way that they have found to, to ease their pain and suffering for just a little bit in a way that has become problematic in their life. One of the definitions of addiction that I really like is from uh, Gabor Mate, who wrote an excellent book called In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts. Uh, he talks about addiction as something that we do repetitively and cannot stop ourselves from doing that gives temporary relief from pain or suffering. So something that is causing problems in our life that we just can't stop because we need to get that temporary relief. So physical dependence is when we are physically dependent on something. So if you drink coffee every day and you don't drink coffee one day and you get a headache, you are physically dependent on coffee. If because you didn't have your coffee that day, you are going to do something that's problematic in your life or it's going to cause problems for you, that's an addiction. So if you're going to go punch somebody because you haven't had your coffee that day, that's probably a, a problematic use of coffee. So I really like to talk about problematic use and non-problematic use rather than talking about addiction. So sometimes physical dependence on something can make your use problematic. But if, if your use isn't causing you any problems. If you have access to coffee every day, or if when you don't get your coffee, you know, you maybe you're just in a bad mood, but it's not really going to affect any you or those around you in a significant way, that's non-problematic. And I think something that's important to remember is there are many, many people who use all sorts of drugs, including heroin and opioids, who have non-problematic use. 
who are not physically dependent, um, so they don't feel a need for it when they when they don't get it, and who don't have any negative side effects uh, or negative symptoms when they use it or when they don't get it. And I think that's something that oftentimes when we're learning about opioid use disorders or substance use disorders, we forget to talk about the majority of substance users or people who use drugs who aren't physically dependent and who don't have an addiction. You also heard from Kelly Kelly in episode one. Here, she further shares her perspective as a family member of someone in long-term recovery. She speaks about her husband, Kevin, who we'll hear from later in a future episode. Like any other, you know, if it was if it was cancer, I would have learned what I had to do with that. If it was diabetes, I'd learn that. And like, and when you talk to people who, you know, have family members who have like these life-altering diseases and, and disabilities and things, it's like you find that, like you find you know, they're able to kind of, you know, come to, to a place of real understanding and really good communication. And I feel we, we have that now and it's, it's wonderful. I mean, addiction was terrible and and I wouldn't wish it on anybody. And it was the hardest thing we ever went through, but um, I'm really glad it happened because, you know, of where we're at now. Diabetes is probably pretty close to something that you can compare a substance use disorder with. It's like, if you don't do this, this, and this, when you have diabetes, you're going to die. Like it's, you're going to have, you know, you're going to go into shock or you're going to have an episode or, or something's going to happen where it's going to affect your health and it's not going to be great. Right. And it's how you manage that disease. And she said, addiction is no different than that. So if, you know, Kevin walked in the door and had diabetes, what would you do? You'd learn how to manage it. This is the same thing because their body's telling them something else you know, and just like how diabetes, it's, it's their bodies telling them, you know, go eat sugar or go do this. And it's the same kind of thing. So that kind of worked for me. So I try and, and share that when we, when we talk in public. What would be your final thought or takeaway for anyone listening to this? If, it, if I could say anything to medical professionals, just treat those with substance use disorders the same way that you would treat somebody with cancer or any other disease like that. Just and I've seen the difference. I've seen how family members have been treated who are struggling with other life-threatening diseases and how my family members with substance use disorders are treated. And it's vastly different. I would say to please educate yourself on it. Do everything that you can, like maybe volunteer at, you know, recovery places or peer support places. Peer support places are wonderful because, you know, you have a lot of people in recovery who can talk about their experiences and are really open in doing that. Talk with treatment facility, see if you can work there for a little while. Do some hours there to see what happens there. Talk to family members, talk to friends, talk to those people who are, who are struggling. This podcast was developed by the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy in partnership with Duquesne University School of Pharmacy. Funding for this podcast was provided in part by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. 